2: It's a Guy Jeans podcast.
0: My guest today is Spencer Barnitz from Spencer the Gardener. If you know the music scene in Ventura and the Santa Barbara, Oxnard, Ventura County, Santa Barbara County, San Luis Obispo County, you're very familiar with the band Spencer the Gardener. They are legends and uh, Spencer is the band leader of the band and my interview with him, I'm talking about the old Ventura Santa Barbara music scene back in the 90s and what it takes to be in a band and all his bandmates and everything that's going on with Spencer the Gardener now. 40 years he's been doing this. They even have done a documentary on Spencer Barnes. So here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Spencer Barnes. Hey, Spencer.
1: How are you, guy?
0: I'm doing good, man. Thanks for being on my podcast.
1: I've been waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I
0: had uh, Robert uh, get in touch with you, and, and I'm glad you decided to do this with me, man, because uh, it's really important uh, for the music industry in, in the Ventura-Santa Barbara area, for sure, to, to talk how, to you. How
1: long have you been doing this?
0: The podcast? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been a couple years. And um I didn't and, Yeah. And I'm I'm making my way through all the the legends of uh um, Ventura County. You know, I I've talked to uh Scott e. Morris of Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, I had Raging Arb and the Redheads on, and it, it's just been a blast, man. So I want to go down that road with you, of course, because we have history and and some And uh, we
1: uh kinda started in Ventura.
0: I know, in, yeah.
1: In a way. I mean Charlie's was like the one place where we really played a lot at first.
0: I know. I I want to tell you a story, man. Okay. So, you know, Charlie's, I want to talk about Charlie's, but, um, me and a friend, uh, went down and, uh, we had heard that, uh, this great band Spencer, the gardener was playing at Charlie's and we should go see them play and all this stuff. And, and we were, we were young lads. And, um, and so we went down, you know, I remember they used to have a, uh, you could actually sit outside and watch bands, you know, play from right. from outside, yeah. you know, the windows and stuff. And so me and my friend were outside the window watching you guys play. Um, I think that's when you had Nate the trumpet player with playing with you at the time. You know? Right. And uh um and so uh we're sitting there watching, and we both look at each other, this friend of mine, and well, man, these guys are are ripping hot, man. They're they're so good and And I wanted to ask you if you could guess who that friend of was, who who that friend of mine was. Take a wild guess.
1: Wow. Uh, (laughs) That's not what I thought you would say. (laughs) Um,
0: It's going to be pretty funny for you.
1: And uh, Ventura guy, obviously. Uh
0: Yeah. Well, it's your current (laughs) drummer.
1: Oh, Robert Rakelli? Yeah. (laughs) Isn't you're that, right i I can't believe i wouldn't have guessed that yeah isn't that funny that would have made sense
0: yeah and so it's um you know we we sat there and watched your your whole set man and we were both just blown away how awesome and, and different and interesting um you guys were and you know now robert's playing with you pretty regularly
1: yeah and it's funny because we still are all those things
0: absolutely absolutely man and so so then probably i don't know maybe a year later uh our band robert and his band uh, Lion Eyes, ended up playing a show with you um at uh the crown plaza which was uh, the holiday inn back then in those one of those and, banquet rooms and it was know. a
1: huge show yeah okay
0: so you do remember
1: yeah <laughs> good i don't remember you know <laughs> everything about it i just remember that it was spencer the gardener and lion eyes and it was a sold out show in a ventura hotel
0: (laughs) exactly man isn't that cool
1: yeah that was cool
0: you know the the thing about um you know charlie's for one but there's all these other clubs that you and i have played at but the cool thing about charlie's is they were so inviting to bands to play original music and um it was just you know they didn't ask for bands to play covers and this and that and back then you know a lot of the bands that were playing at that little club were bands that were playing original music isn't that cool
1: almost all of them yeah i mean that's different than today by far yeah because today has changed a lot and i mean it's almost like you tell somebody you're doing an album and it's kind of like really why (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> right. shouldn't you just play journey uh don't <laughs> stop believing and sweet caroline and yeah um you know it's like look at you, all the bands that there there's some huge cover bands right now
0: yeah but you know some of those bands that were playing in those little clubs like uh you know that uh toad the wet sprocket right um, we used to play there and you know some of the other santa barbara bands um, would play in there and um, it was just amazing you know some of the some of the uh, bands that came out of there uh, even you know Big Bad Booty Daddy played in there all the time um, you know and it it was just amazing it was an amazing scene man Don't, it was that, a cool scene yeah and and for you guys and for you was playing was did you originally start playing original music with your your band The Tan that way back then? Yeah. You did? You guys were writing songs? and
1: Yeah, we put out a couple of records. And, yeah, I mean, that was the, the 80s where everybody was... You didn't... It, it was kind of a, a weird thing about New Wave was it made you feel like anybody could be in a band. <laughs> yeah. Even though later on you realize that all the guys in all those bands were really good. Yeah. But you know at first it was like it just seemed like oh yeah yeah we got a band
0: yeah so tell me about that how did that all start the the tan i mean you started playing music and then you met some some friends and just started doing it. well
1: i i took my friend brad and i went to mexico with the idea that i was going to teach him how to play guitar and we'd come back and start a band he had just come back from england um and like 78 79 and and he was into the whole new wave thing and he's like we should do this so i said <laughs> okay well we'll go on a surf trip and i'll teach you how to play guitar so we left for three months and had a super great surf trip and came back and started a band called the tan
0: <laughs> that's so awesome and then did you guys just started doing original tunes, and then you guys... We did, and you
1: know, at that time, it was also a lot like Charlie's. We started a band called, or we started at a place called George's. Okay. And, you know, we had all kinds of original songs, and people wanted that right then. Mm -hmm. Like, all the punk bands that came out were playing original music, and, you know, so it was easy to play what was theoretically probably some really bad songs Mm -hmm. um but it was not it was not frowned upon Mm -hmm. and you know it took us a couple years till we got kind of good and even like wrote a couple songs that were good Mm -hmm. because we did have quite a few when we started we had quite a few uh i'm not going to say bad but they were very different (laughs) (laughs)
0: And so you guys they were like
1: growing, you, growing up on the Mesa songs.
0: That's fun, man. You guys um, didn't you guys eventually like get like a a record contract with with somebody? Or we something? did, yeah. And how did that? Um, how did they find you? And how did that go down?
1: Well, we had a couple deals, um, and our first uh, little record was produced by Robbie Krieger of no, the Doors. No way! And our album was over, or was the the. Was produced by this guy named Tony Berg, but the sort of uh, director of it all was Robbie Robertson from the band.
2: Oh no! Wow. So
1: we had some, you know, some heavyweights, kind of.
2: Yeah. But
1: at the same time, the record industry, which is a funny thing, then and now. Yeah. But um, some of the guys that were signed to the record indus- to the record label that we were on. Who signed us? Their contracts came up, and they didn't get uh, another contract. So there we were, and nobody wanted to take us on because you know if you fail, and it was somebody else's idea, then that's kind of a bad thing.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, did you guys get like money up front and and that sort of thing? Or? We
1: got money up front, but yeah. you know, I mean, pay it, pay wasn't back, like, uh, uh, it wasn't like it wasn't like a lot because our lawyer took some our manager took some Sure. we had to record the album we had amps to buy yeah and you know get ready for a big tour and then the record never came out
0: Mm -hmm. i remember you know being um in high school and your guys's flyers were like all over our high school man because we probably played at your high school (laughs) yeah i
1: know it's like
0: oh for sure did you do you guys do like a little high school tour all. we did we did a
1: california high school tour yeah and you know we were doing a lot of stuff on our (laughs) own and we really should have kept doing that it was just at the time you were thinking of getting a record deal it didn't you know you didn't think you could do it on your own but we had already like you know it's that was pretty proving grounds right there, just doing a California high school tour. Yeah. Um, So it's too bad that we didn't just keep going in a DIY kind of way. Yeah.
0: And so that band eventually um, stopped and, and broke up, and then you guys...
1: Uh, well, we moved to Europe, and, oh. and then we broke up and came back, and I started Spencer the Gardener, and I definitely was motivated in a DIY way. Uh-huh. because I wasn't worried about getting a deal. I was just thinking, okay, let's take this as far as it can with us without a record label coming in and and ruining it for us.
0: What do you guys think, uh, you know, after you started the band, you know, what kind of propelled you to like start packing clubs and stuff like that? And how did that how did that go down?
1: Well, that strangely happened pretty quickly and organically like mm-hmm. we played at charlie's we didn't really know people in ventura but within like three times you know like everybody knew us yeah and so that was nice we went yeah. to san francisco and about the first time we played in it was sold out wow and we were kind of like how do these people know who we are <laughs> and it was that same thing it was just a diy word of mouth
0: uh-huh the old school marketing man
1: which is, you know, now it's kind of new school because that's yeah. really what you do as well.
0: Yeah. So when you guys started and you started doing these songs, and you, did you do an album? And then were you selling your 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 CDs at that time um, to just your fans and stuff, or people? Spencer and your sell- the Gardener. Yeah, Spencer. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we were selling CDs. And we were selling a lot of them. Yeah, and it paid for, you know, we were doing California tours, and uh, and we'd sell a bunch of CDs, and that paid for the hotels we stayed in. Mm-hmm. So we were like our own record company.
0: Yeah, and then, oh my God, you guys probably you probably sold a bunch, huh?
1: We sold a lot, and you know, it's too bad the way the music industry went. Yeah, because suddenly the ownership of music doesn't matter so much and you know cars don't even have cd players (laughs) and you know so like all those cds i mean there are plenty of people who still listen to them and play them but most people don't tend to buy cds
0: (laughs) so dude i have uh i have a whole bunch of my you know my new band the stoneflies i have a whole bunch of cds you know and uh so we played a show at the bintura music hall um last uh friday and um i was just like trying to give away cds <laughs> and people thought, dude i don't have a cd player <laughs> that's what i mean <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny uh how everything changes man so tell me about your songwriting process like you know with your with your band and how do you wrote some of those songs you know like what what's probably your you know, going back, like, what's probably your most popular song with Spencer The Gardener? Do you think? Uh,
1: there's a, a couple of them. Monster of Love is probably one. Yeah,
0: of course. If I yeah. just
1: had you to hold on to. Yep. Boy with the two big heads. Yep. Um,
0: were those all off the first album or? They remember? are. Yeah. They were, huh? Yeah. God, those are those are hit songs. Hot sun. Hot that was sun. On the first record. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that whole album is in- incredible, man.
1: But you know what's interesting is I was I came back from London and I was working landscaping and I was playing a lot of basketball and I got hurt one day playing basketball and I, I couldn't go to work and I couldn't really do anything. So I was just kind of watching TV and I brought my four track out and just started writing that record. Um, and then I got Bunch of people to play on it, and I had already written pretty much all of it, yeah. and uh, and so it was just like fell in the blanks, and uh, we played out, and it was just kind of popular right away. And the guys in the band said, "Well, we should keep playing," <laughs> and because uh, I actually, when I first did that record, I was thinking, "Well, I'm just going to give this away for Christmas presents."
0: Yeah,
1: you know, like I don't. It's not. And then it, suddenly I, I was back in music again.
0: That's cool. So the, the song, like when you wrote, wrote the song Monster of Love, which is probably... I one, did. Yeah, one of the top ones. And are you, how did that go down? Was it super easy to write? You know, it like when writing songs, like sometimes in, in, in my ri- songwriting, you know, some of the songs come really easy and then uh-huh. some of them take a little bit longer. Um, does that happen for you? Totally, yeah.
1: And different ones. There's a song called "Middle of Nowhere" on that record that oh, yeah. just Great just song. wrote itself. I wrote it in about one time through. Um, That's crazy. Some of them yeah. take longer. Yeah. Like there's a lot of words in "Monster of Love," so you know I would redo them periodically. Uh huh. But that record was not hard to write because I had this kind of like concept that I wanted. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and so it, it was. Uh, I sort of knew what I thought I liked, and and as I was doing it, I really liked it. Um, so different records have been uh, different ways, um, and you know, now I have like. A, I have like 10 records out wow two two of them are kid records yeah which really wrote themselves organic gangster
0: yeah awesome so the, what about like the the horn lines and stuff in your in like monsters of love you know that oh i that, wrote
1: the first horn the first yeah. i wrote the horn lines on the f- yeah. first record i actually I, I write most of the horn lines
0: yeah and they just um, do those just come to you just in the in a melody and well you, like you in a it? way
1: they're also guitar lines okay um and and I also, you know, you mentioned Nate. Nate and yeah. I were friends, and and yeah. thinking of his trumpet was, I was thinking of it when I was writing the songs. Okay. So, um, so yeah, it's kind of, it was, it had a, a base around the idea that there were going to be horns. Yeah. And I wanted them to be kind of surfy, for sure. You
0: know I just uh um when you get a chance go back and and listen to my podcast with Scotty Morris from Big Bad Voodoo Daddy and um uh he mentions uh you in the um podcast so it's it's pretty cool and um he I wanted to tell you this because it was pretty cool when he told me he said that he's all who are who are the uh the uh the big bands in um in you know ventura you know in the 90s and he, i go well um he's all well spencer the gardener he's all lion eyes and raging arbor and the redheads and he's all i would go and i would listen to all three of you guys and I, he's all what is making these bands work you know and he was like okay uh, these guys are doing this um Spencer's got this going with the guitar and the horns, and Lionice has what they're doing with the horns and all this kind of stuff. And he said that Big Bad Voodoo Big Bad Voodoo Daddy kind of emerged from those three bands.
1: Well, that's kind of a natural thought,
0: isn't that cool? Um,
1: yeah, but you know, the other thing is he kind of had a concept that yeah, I've never seen it happen like they had it happen yeah. where it just the timing was so right i mean yeah you know like i don't think you'll find a whole lot of people going swing dancing today right. you will i mean they all know how to do it but at that moment suddenly it was like that was the thing to do yeah and that the movie came out and it's like they were in the movie yeah and it it was like they just rode the swing dance craze yeah um full throttle and uh, it was a great it it was just it was perfect timing
0: yeah absolutely what about like do you remember playing in like the old school like toes tavern and the beach shack and all those clubs up there how many times have you played in those places huh
1: (laughs) i played a lot i played at the beach shack a lot yeah
0: and and toes too huh
1: tell i played out not as much but yeah that's still a lot yeah you know sure. i played a lot of nickleby's
0: yes i remember i love playing there too man nickleby's was a great place to play so what's going it really on was. what's going on with your your records and stuff can people still buy those or um, go online and get them or where can they listen to these
1: they go online and get them um, and okay. but nowhere near the volume yeah. as before Yeah. Um, Because I don't, I just think people in general, it's like records and bands and songs, and it's not, it doesn't have the same, like, the ownership is different. And you can find any one of our songs on YouTube. Yeah. We have videos for them on the Spencer the Gardener channel, but there's this other thing called Topic which YouTube just puts out, and it's all our songs. Oh, okay. Um, So, you know, you can find all the things you want for free. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I mean, they talk about how records are coming back. Well, records are not really coming back. They're just selling more than, you know, in comparative to CDs, records are doing well. Mm-hmm. but you know CDs are not doing well mm-hmm. and so records are not really doing well <laughs> they're just doing better than they were and some people like the idea of vinyl and that's cool yeah um but you know it's like it's expensive yeah. to get them and it's there's not enough call for them unless you really want vinyl which i would love this new record that we're doing to come out on vinyl as well Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, again, it's sort of like, I don't, I don't know what you do a a new record for so much singles with a video. I understand. Yeah. But, but albums are just a hard sell.
0: Yeah. So what do you think? I mean, how does a, how does a band, you know, that it start, that's starting out, how do they, how do they get started? How do they, excuse me, they're not selling uh, records or CDs. Well, first or,
1: of all, they're, the bands that are starting out are young and into yeah. whatever groove is working. Um, be it videos or, yeah, you know, podcasts or, mm-hmm. um, I mean, they're doing whatever's going on right now. It's funny because there's a lot of people who've been around for a long time who say oh yeah there's no scene well there's a total scene it's just you're not in it <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: and and you're probably not gonna be right because you know it's a it's a youth market and you know there's 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 people starting labels and trying to do things on a smaller level there's a lot of shall we say community-based things where three bands will get together to help each other out um yeah that's more prevalent now than it's than it was
0: yeah there's a you know i think what's going on i think you just played there not too long ago is it tony's pizza you know he's he's totally like creating a scene there again kind of kind of charlie-ish
1: Know, i like did Charlie, play there and it was great
0: yeah you know he's put a, a big stage in the side there and it's i heard Yeah, and it's just awesome man you gotta you guys gotta go play there but it's kind of cool you know to see these bands playing there and a lot of the bands are doing original stuff he has cover bands there too but there's there's a lot of uh, original bands playing there as well too which is fun cool and scene. it
1: looks like people are going
0: yeah it's 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 cool man i'm really digging it so what's in the future man for you and uh Spencer the gardener?
1: Well, um we just finished a record. Um so it, it's going to come out and and we're going to put a couple of videos with it. Awesome. But uh I also um the guys that did the record did a movie. Um Yeah on me <laughs> I,
0: dude i saw that man and what um, a, what is that like to have a movie done about you
1: well it's interesting because um because i have had a long career with a lot of weird things in it <laughs> right and uh and you know it's like a one of the reasons i wanted to do it was because people will always say oh you're still doing that and it's kind of it's It's like defining success, you know, and how do you define it yeah. um, and if you're happy with what you 're doing and where you are, that's successful nice. um, so that was one of the key elements of the movie, yeah, but it's weird, yeah it's weird having a movie made about you, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I went to the premiere, and it was great, it was sold out, and people loved it, yeah, but I was thinking the whole time I was going. What is this movie when it plays in Oklahoma? What happens then? <laughs> you know, when, when nobody knows me? I'm thinking you're yeah. probably not gonna be that uh that well received.
0: Well, you're super well known in Santa Barbara and Ventura. Right. What do they call what do they call you? The unofficial official um No, ma- no, that's just Mayor no, that's mayor of music <laughs> in
1: Santa Barbara. no, they, no I started I started this thing for Fiesta yeah, and, I, and we would play on Wednesday night because Fiesta is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Is it coming up? But so about 20 years ago, yeah. I said, let's just play on a Wednesday and I got a place to do it and said, okay, the uh, official, unofficial opening night of Fiesta. Mm-hmm. And that's the name of the Wednesday night show we've been doing for 20 years.
0: Is that coming up this Wednesday? yeah oh where are you playing
1: well it's moved to the pickle room outside and canon Perdido street
0: so it's like an outside party type thing yeah oh how fun is that gonna be huh be it fun. should be fun awesome so when you're uh playing up there like when you're up in front of the audience and stuff like that, do you, before the show, do you get like nerves and stuff? Or have you been doing this so long you just kind of can't wait to get up there? Or is it, do you still kind of get like, you know, that kind of. Some anxiety?
1: shows I get nervous. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, I don't. Yeah. Um, uh, I like playing live. Yeah. And so it's kind of fun more than nervy but i also do like those shows where i do get nervous Yeah, you know like where you're playing opening for somebody and every and it's already full (laughs) Um, i mean we we played where you guys played the other night at opening for ozo motley which was a perfect
0: oh yeah for
1: us oh for sure and so it was packed and, and it was like it was great i mean we went over great it's hard to sustain that or maintain it yeah because i i mean i don't know where they all went you know and like it's it's hard to keep people's attention nowadays um because there's so much out there
0: yeah you always have these amazing musicians playing with you um you know nate burkey um what's he doing trumpet player well he's
1: here right now oh is he he's playing fiesta with us oh awesome um but he's living in new york teaching school and playing jazz and and but he usually comes out in the summer and plays shows with us
0: oh awesome and you had uh you had cougar estrada playing with you for a while
1: for a long time i mean for 20 years he's just Rips. (laughs) and rips. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is Robert.
0: Yeah. Oh man.
1: Um. Robert. But Cougar, when uh, COVID first came on, he he's living in Claremont, so he was uh, hesitant about coming up here. Mm-hmm. He has two little kids also, and yeah. so we, when we started playing again, we needed a sub, yeah. and luckily. Robert just happens to be fantastic,
0: and he knows all your songs. <laughs> that too. Yeah. So Robert, I started playing with Robert um, when we were eighteen, and uh, I don't know if you know this about Robert, but you know Robert uh, was just playing pots and pans, you know, when he was younger, and ended up getting a a drum kit eventually later on, and and was real influenced by ska and and rock and Definitely. that sort of thing, you know and uh and we just became fast friends you know so it's pretty cool it's really neat to see him playing with you you know and and hey how
1: was your show the other night
0: it was so good man it was awesome we played with uh save ferris right and uh, i don't
1: really know very well but
0: yeah they're like a ska band from the 90s you know they have this huge following it was just like what you said you know it was already packed and um and no no one had ever seen us play it it i didn't see anybody that i knew there <laughs> so that's super- and they all liked you it was fun yeah it was super fun i was having a blast and, the- and it was good and we sounded we sounded pretty good and we had a good time man that's when i was trying to hand out those cds <laughs> now, Dude, too we don't have a cd player <laughs> pretty funny so what's the craziest thing that's ever that happened that is to you?
1: funny <laughs> so you couldn't give them away
0: it's funny what, what's um, the what's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you, man? While you've played at a show, like what's the what, what has happened that's crazy that you've seen? Uh, I had a, I had a friend that's a a singer. His name's Chuck Reagan, and I had him on the podcast, and he told me that he jumped into the crowd, and this chick bit his leg. <laughs> And while, while he was like getting tossed around, she was latched onto his legs. He said that was the craziest thing. <laughs> that is gnarly. Yeah. He still has a scar from it. Stuff. That is crazy. Uh, That's like insane. <laughs> yeah. So what about you?
1: I think, I mean, in a way, the craziest thing was getting to San Francisco the first couple of months that we played there and having there be so many fans. That's I mean, awesome. cause I, I was just not expecting that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've had some other kinds of crazy things too, but
0: yeah, <laughs> I can't
1: off the top of my head. Yeah. Remember them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I remember, I remember you were playing at, uh, the Ventura theater one time and, uh, uh it's just a memory I have of you uh, up on the stage and, You know, coming from a fan looking up at you and you're playing in the, and you're playing at the Ventura Theater and it, it was sold out or something. And I don't know, I just happened to be there, but it was when when they used to allow smoking. Yeah. uh, You know, and you, you lit a cigarette (coughs) and, and, uh, and then you blew the smoke out and the lighting after you blew it out on the stage looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wow, that looks bitching, you know, but they don't allow smoking anymore. It's funny. You know, you were, you and I grew up in clubs where people smoked, um, since we were younger, man, wasn't that a trip? Yeah. Yeah. I, was, I mean, there's
1: a lot of things that are different. Uh, Think of this. When I grew up, surfing was an alternative lifestyle. And smoking weed was illegal and would get you <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: in jail for long periods of time. Right. Now, you could go away to college and go, oh, you know, Mom, I'm surfing a lot and I'm selling weed. And she'd say, good job, son. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Oh, my God. Are you still surfing?
1: I am. Awesome. But not really right now just because yeah. I have too many injuries.
0: Yeah. So, what about like the lineup and uh, all the people? Are you seeing that like completely change too? Like how many people there are?
1: In in Spencer the Gardener?
0: No, no. In, in like surfing, like being out in the,
1: in oh, the surf. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, how crowded it is and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's crazy, huh?
1: Um, I mean, when I think back on days when we used to go, oh, it's really crowded. Yeah. What we should have done is gone out there and <laughs> shut up and just realized how lucky we were i know
0: oh my god i know when when I, i go down to like the ventura point now and i'm like oh my god look at all these people man it's crazy how do you catch a wave without somebody dropping in on you
1: yeah it's it's pretty it's it's changed yeah i don't know why but i just thought of this but one vacation in cabo I went with uh, the girlfriends, well, with my girlfriend, and then we took the girls friends of Toad because they really wanted to go to Mexico. Uh-huh. And Toad was on the road, and they all said, okay, you can go. <laughs> and we pulled up at uh, just looking at the waves in Cabo, and right next to us, these guys were like, hey, man, are you Spencer? It's like, yeah. And, and then we were talking for him, and I was like, wait you guys are Raging Arb and the Redheads. Oh, no way. And, yeah, it was... Who was it? it was, who was it? Like Toby and JD and them? Or? It, no, it was Toby and uh, and his brother. Ross. Um, okay. Yeah. I just saw Ross. Toby yesterday. and Ross. Oh, and it was hilarious because it was like, oh, there's, there's Spencer the Gardener, there's the Raging Arb, and there's the girlfriends of Toad.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know what we should do is we should do a show with uh, Stoneflies and Spencer the Gardener and just wear Robert out.
1: <laughs> uh, well, that wouldn't be a bad show anyway.
0: Yeah, I know. Robert would be worn out. That'd be pretty funny. Absolutely, we should do it. He'd be into it. I'm up, I'm up for it. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. Okay, so if people want to find you, um, kind of let people know where they can go. and uh, Well, listen, listen that's another
1: thing that, you know, I try to mention it because you know it honestly the best thing would be if you stop the show said yep. okay everybody take your phone out look it up on instagram yeah. spencer the gardener yep and follow it yeah or and, and look it up on youtube spencer the gardener yep. youtube channel and follow it look it up on facebook i yep. mean cuz at least then you've got the name yeah going cuz cuz really you could you know like you guys just played that show yeah you could have asked half the crowd if who just played and they would say oh we don't know i don't remember what they were called (laughs) exactly and that's just the way it is it's trippy right now that's that's not your fault or anybody's fault it's just the way it is
0: well uh spencer i want to thank you for being on my podcast man it's been a An honor to have you on man i'm a total fan always will be and you're one of the musical legends of the santa barbara and ventura county and uh i wish you the the most success as you keep plugging away man
1: well thank you yeah yeah. um all of us you know we all keep keep going
0: yeah absolutely it's It's fun
1: isn't it what you need to do yeah i'm having a blast it's still fun yeah exactly i'm
0: having fun playing with all my friends and seeing people are you
1: living part-time in uh ventura and part-time in? yeah
0: so i'm kind of going back county yeah i'm kind of going back between uh kernville and and uh, ventura so you know i have my fly fishing business and uh so i kind of go back and forth i have a fly shop up (gasps) in kernville and teach people how to fly fish and then i'll go back to Ventura. how long is
1: that drive
0: it's exactly three hours
1: that's not terrible
0: it's not bad you know and um it's uh you know going back i I teach fly fishing in the surf as well and and uh so i'm I'm going going back and forth doing that as well good stuff you'll have to come fly fishing sometime man
1: okay (laughs) it all sounds good to me
0: yeah man well best my best to you buddy
1: all right thank you
0: thanks spencer talk to you later see you later bye-bye
2: It's a Guy Jeans podcast.